killer. Bass is loaded. Uh huh. Zeke on first. Santana on second. Jim on third. Yeah. I'm in back. Want out to hit this shit out the world. Killer. This the realest since Kumbaya Kumbaya, killer can my lord Still the man with the pants, still a fan on board Now bitches they wanna do to me, niggas they wanna do to me The hooligan and hula hands, maneuvering's nothing new to me Doggy, I'm from the land of grind, pan pan cream a dime Not toes or MC, when I say hammer time Beef, I hammer mine, when I get my hands on nines If I have on bear my line, corduroy's camera shine Canary burgundy, I call it lemon red Yellow diamonds in my ear, call them lemon heads. Lemon head, end up dead. Ice like Winnipeg. Gemstone, Flintstones. You can say I'm friends with Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome back to a special edition of the Culture Nouveau podcast. Um, I have a very special guest here with me today. Um, my boy Pate's in the building. Yo, Pate, what up? What's up, man? Thanks for inviting me. This has been a great uh, honor and privilege to be on this podcast, man. I'm a big fan. Yeah, so, you know, it's going to be a little different than normal. I'm not going to be acting all crazy. You know, this is some serious shit we got to talk about. <laughs> Excuse my language ahead of time. But, um, you know, it's a, this is a sports sports podcast, sports episode, uh, basketball specific. So there's a lot of things that we want to cover. Um, I know it's been months in the making, but we're finally here. And this isn't going to be your typical just who's better, LeBron or Jordan debate type conversation. I mean, we're going to dig deep on certain topics. So hopefully y'all like it. But if not, I don't give a damn, you know. Um, first things first, man. What's going on? I'm doing what, good, What brings man. you to the podcast, man? What's well, up, know, man? No. You my man, number yeah, one. Yeah. You know, I was down at the beginning when you guys, you and your beautiful fiance started this thing. I was always a big fan. Um, years ago in New York, I did a public access show. Um, so I've always been a fan of the podcast uh, situation where people just have a free form form to talk and mm-hmm. and just express some intellect and and just talk about topics, man. And like I said, I respect you, I respect the podcast, and I just mm-hmm. been waiting to be a fan, you know, to be to be a, be a guest on it. And um, I'm here today. So you know, I know we we've, we've spoke for a while. Um, your your primary focus focus is the NBA, college basketball. Not really NFL, baseball, but basketball is your, your shit, Yeah, right? basketball is my, is my, is my life, man. I All right, cool. Basketball. So, we're on, I have a bunch of questions that I want to ask you eventually, but we'll just stick to the current events now. Um, first thing first, the state of the current NBA. Just when, you, when I say that to you, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Good, bad thoughts? I mean, what comes to your it's mind? Not, it's not fan-friendly. I mean, there's a lot of markets mm-hmm. that um, opening day is not going to have a chance. Right. And I think in the past, even though I'm not an old fogey, I'm 43, there was maybe 50% of the teams you thought had a chance to make the playoffs. And out of that 50%, maybe 10 had a chance to compete for the title. You know? We're in an era now where it's like glorified AAU. All the best players are jumping on the same (laughs) team. You know, we're going to do that sort of. Posse mentality, but we was gonna put everybody on the squad and just over overwhelm the other team with talent. And you look at you know you just look at franchises like Atlanta, Memphis, Minnesota, mm-hmm. Portland, the Nets. 
Charlotte. I mean, you got teams from day one. They know they're not going to make it. Let me ask you this, though, and not to cut you off. So mm-hmm. would you say that because I'll play devil's advocate as an NBA, let's say I'm an executive, mm-hmm. the league's flourishing. It's doing great. Are you speaking more from just the perspective of, like, a fan of the sport or just, you know what I mean? Because well, you could, I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I have a long – I'm looking at it as a marathon mentality as opposed to a sprint. Yeah. Right now, everybody likes it because you have the best player in, in, in his generation playing. He's hot right now, so the TV ratings are through the roof. Right. You have a super team right now that everybody likes to watch. People are going to chime in. But there was an era, let's not, let's not forget, when Michael Jordan, the NBA, thought – they could they could uh, piss gold, mm. but when he retired, those ratings went down quick. Yeah, and my my fear is we're not growing markets that for parity. We're basically focusing on two teams. Well, Cleveland's out the mix now, but one team and probably what Houston maybe has a realistic chance. Maybe and out of the East, you know, you got Boston, you got Philly that's up and coming. But other than that... But how does it change, though? I mean, like... Because it seems like players... But back in the day... And I'll say your generation. not like you're that much older than uh-huh. me. But, like, the previous generation, you know, players, they cared about their money first and foremost. Right. So I see a lot of players who are willing to take slight pay cuts in order to join forces with, I guess, their friends or with better players. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you see that trend ending anytime soon? Or do you think it's just something that's going on? I don't see it ending anytime soon because the media we're in right now, we crucify guys for not winning championships. We're on their neck. If you're a great player, you're supposed to win. Uh, Ask Chris Paul, James Harden. These guys are Hall of Famers, but people on their neck. Carmelo Anthony, I mean, he may never get a ring. People on his neck. Carmelo Anthony is way better than Bernard King. I don't think Bernard King ever had the pressure of bringing home a championship. I just thought Bernard King was looked at as a great scorer. He was loved for what he did. Um, I don't even think Dominique Wilkins had the pressure to mm. win a championship, like as you would say, a Carmelo Anthony, a James Harden, any of the great players that haven't won right. nothing yet. Uh, so a lot of these great players, like, listen, it's a 24-hour news cycle. I'm getting crucified on social media. I'm getting crucified on Fox. I'm getting crucified on ESPN. Let me go and win one just to get people off my back. Well, you bring up a good point, though. I mean, I don't feel like this is my opinion. I feel like this generation is going to have an asterisk next to it because I don't think a lot of these players really care about winning titles. I think they really care, honestly, about getting money. Um, it will. I can't say that with all players. I think some players, mm-hmm. like the Chris Pauls, now that they're like they've been in the game for about ten plus years or whatever, he he cares about getting a title. But I mm-hmm. feel like these younger generations, like your Devin Booker's, those type of players. I don't think they really care about winning a title. I think they really care about getting the bag and putting up numbers. But look at the paper they get. I mean, Devin Booker's 22 years old. Next year, he's going to walk into a five-year, $154 million contract. That's crazy. I mean, so he's 21. He's living in Phoenix. I mean, let's be real. I mean, most of these guys from my era didn't really see real money until later in their career or yeah. if they were on a winning team that's how they was able to make money because most of the guys made money by being on a playoff team those playoff salaries are a little higher and then that carried over to endorsements because they were winning now guys are getting the bag before they have to do anything so it's like that's what's true. the incentive you yeah, know that's true it's, it's, it's yeah, really like back, yeah back then they used to pay off what you did as opposed to potential potential right yeah, you know that's, so that's the that, that's where we're going now and guys are just, right now, you know, we're in an era where guys are just afraid to be on an island. I mean, look at high schools. You got kids that average 20 points a game in a high school, but then are told, well, 
What you really need to do to get on ESPN or get on a network is go to Oak Hill, go to Finley Prep and join these other five guys and, you know, and do this. And it's like yeah. these guys already have scholarships. And it's yeah. not like they're not down dominant AAU teams. They're just going on another high school so they don't have to be the man. To be every, Nobody wants that pressure like it used to be back in the days. Everybody want to be able to be in a situation where they don't get double teamed. That they can't get focused on, so they could, you know, kind of relax and coach. They want easy. They want easy titles. They just want. They want that next to their name in the record books to say, Absolutely. "Hey, I mean, I got six titles." So, but I think people know real basketball fans will look back and realize that those titles really weren't quality titles. I would say. I mean, you got you deserve it. Don't get mm-hmm. it twisted. But like when people always compare Jordan and LeBron and all that stuff, like just the, the type of team Jordan and them had to go through in order to win titles, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, those type of players. Through. Even I say even the, the Lakers to an extent of the early 2000s, um, facing those Kings teams, those Mavericks teams, or like those teams like that, those, those are like quality things, right. foes. Like nowadays it's going to be the same teams in the championship. So um, I think it's an issue, but we'll, we'll see. Um, speaking of all-stars, mm-hmm. you know, the <laughs> elephant in the room, LeBron, um, well, just LeBron free agency in general. I mean, what did you think of LeBron going to LA? Um, I think you know LeBron has always made a plan where it was more than basketball, right? And the inception of undefeated, um, not undefeated. Excuse me, let me apologize. Um, uninterrupted. uninterrupted yeah. um, his uh, film production company. He bought a few houses and. And California area for what two million twenty million dollars a piece. So it seemed like he was leaning to go that way. And you know, he knows the end of the road is near. I mean, he's in his fifteenth year. He saw in a situation where he's playing playing in life after basketball. Um his feet are going to be on the ground in California as far as his future endeavors. And I think in his mind, hey listen, I got three championships. I won one for Cleveland. The city's never won in fifty one years. I'm gonna be a god there. Let me just go out play some ball, but really start planting the seeds for my exodus. Mm. And I think that kind of was the Lakers' move. Because if you look at the Lakers' roster, even the pieces they added, they stole what? they. they to me, it, it, it's, it's combustible. You got Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, JaVale McGee, and Rondo on the same team. Coupled with the young guys, Lonzo Ball, Kuzma, um, Ingram, these are guys that are like, hold up, homie, this is my team. I'm starting to grow. He, you so you're in. saying it's combustible when they have those veterans that are, you know, who they are. And they, they have a certain reputation mixed in with these young dudes that are on the cusp of being great. You're saying that's going to be like, it could be combustible. Don't, when you say LeBron would be like the linchpin to keep them together? like to No, because he's, he's, he's passive aggressive. Oh, he's very much passive aggressive. So he's not. So basically, if Michael Beasley and Brandon Ingram got beef. Mm-hmm. He's not going to pull them in a the room and work it out. He's going to do a tweet. He's going to do an Instagram. You know, the things he do that I look at like you're too powerful to be passive aggressive. I mean, look at Rondo and look at Lonzo Ball. Look at that dynamic. Rondo still think he got it. Rondo played extremely well in the last year playoffs. I don't see him coming off the bench for a dude he thinks he's better than and in crutch time be willing to sit on the bench over, you know, sit on the bench in comparison to a guy that he thinks he's way better than. And for Alonzo Ball to excel in his career, he's going to need to be put in pressure cooker situations. So you can't bench him in important games in the fourth quarter because you're looking for him to grow and mature and be that leader down the road. So it's a very... I think, honestly, though, I mean, when it first happened, um, you know, and all these players, like, 
elite players decided not to join LeBron, mm-hmm. I was questioning what they were going to do. Um, in hindsight, I think what they're doing is actually genius um, for that team. I think they realized, you know, you can't get all these shooters to try to match up with Golden State or Houston. Mm-hmm. So the next best thing to do is to get tough and get a bunch of, like, grinders that right. hoop. It's going to rough around, rough them up. You know what I'm saying? Play mm-hmm. old school basketball and try to change the way the game's played. Um, I think it's time for these young players to have those veterans around. It's good for those young players to have those veterans come in because it creates competition and it makes them know that, hey, man, you're not just, you're not just going to coast to be a star in this league. You're going to have to earn it. And I think those training camp battles that are going to develop, whether it's Rondo, Alonzo Ball, Ingram, Lance Stevenson, mm-hmm. Caldwell Pope, Kuzma, whatever, I think that's needed, man, with TD, with this, this generation of players. Because um, LeBron going there with just the young dudes, that shit would have been terrible, in my opinion. Right, he would have been um, But I think, I mean, at this point, in hindsight, I think it's a great idea of what, what they're trying to do with that team, man. I, so, I don't mind veterans. I just don't. You got veterans that are knuckleheads. A tiger's not going to change his stripes. You're not going to change who you are for how you've been your whole career. You don't I mean, think Rondo, they can make it work? You just you talking about guys that are not leaders. I mean, Lance Stevenson is not a leader. He's been on five teams in six years. Rondo <laughs> is not a leader. Michael Beasley, you worry about him not only with basketball, but his issues. You know, he yeah. seems to not do well in big metropolitan cities. <laughs> now, he played yeah, decent for the Knicks last year, but he was on his last yeah. leg with the Knicks. I mean, he was like, if he failed at that, he was dumb. Right. He was going to China. You give him, what, $10 million to go to L.A. for a year, who knows what that's going to turn out to. So, I mean, it could work out. I do think competitively, a lot of these young guys are going to be pushed. Um, Ingram is going to be pushed physically and mentally by the people in his position. Alonzo Ball. It's going to definitely be pushed by Rondo. It's going to give him that work every day, and hopefully he takes that in and becomes mm-hmm. a better player. But it's only you know it's only forty eight minutes in the NBA game. You got literally ten guys that can play. It's really no scrubs on the Lakers. That's true. You know you look at the young guy Hart, Jason. He gonna have to get out of there. I forgot about him. I think he's actually one of the. One he's of good. Those. Yeah, he's good. But he's I mean, what he what is he third? So at this point right now, Caldwell Pope is a star two guard. Lance who's your starting five for the Lakers? Um. Lonzo Ball, LeBron James, Caldwell Pope, Brandon Ingram, and um, a big. Um, I know they got that rookie from Michigan, McGee. but McGee may start now. McGee might only play ten. You know, he might be yeah. a, you know, a starter just to kind of take space until they put the smaller lineup in. But okay. you know, well, you know, off LeBron, so other free agency. I mean, the big, the big, I guess, coup was uh, Kawhi Leonard. Going supposed to go to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, me and you discussed Kawhi against your boy Wiggins. Uh, let me, I ain't gonna let him get away with that. He's, you know, we yeah. argued about Wiggins and versus Kawhi Leonard about a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's your opinions on Kawhi as a player and this? I mean, all the fuss around him. Do you think it's worth it? Do you think he like? What do you think about just him as a player? I, and just I think he's, he's a hard guy to put. He, he's so quiet. He's a hard guy to put. I think he's a little more street and hood than what he lets on. Just because a guy don't speak doesn't mean he ain't a hood dude. Me, when I say hood dude, him, yeah. he ain't going for no kumbaya. He was hurt. I think he felt a certain way when dudes got at him in that meeting, and he just was off. And then he also looked at what they did to Isaiah Thomas. Like, yo, listen, Isaiah Thomas pushed through. He tried to be a team guy. He made he lost $100 million. Mm. So I think he was like, let me get my leg right. 
I don't really trust y'all because your team doctors told me I was good. And when I got a second opinion, they told me it was far worse. And I think he lost trust in the organization. And I think he just wants to be in a bigger market. I think Toronto made the deal because, to be honest with you, they, when they signed DeMar DeRozan, even though he's a great player, he, worth that he thought he would be the difference maker to take him over the top. And they realized he he's just not. ain't that guy. So they wanted to get a, they wanted to get out of that three years, I think $130 million left on that contract. What Toronto will probably do, to be honest with you, you know, try to show Kawhi a great time this year. He's going to leave because he don't want to be there. Nobody stays in Toronto, to be honest with you. And they're going to blow it up. I'm going to tell you what they're going to do. I'm going to tell you what Toronto should do. I think what Toronto should do is trade Kawhi before the trade deadline because they know he's not going to want to stay there mm-hmm. and get more prospects because they already know. what They're going. They're trying to get rid of Kyle Lowry, too. He's a bum, in my opinion. A bum? Not a, a bum. bum. He, we bum. always do this. A bum, not a bum. I mean, not he's better bum. than me, of course. But I'm saying, like, he's in terms of... Point guard. He He don't need to be in the All-Star team every year, though, man. But he good. He's not a friend now. What you, now, here's the thing. We're going to talk about our next point okay, about okay, that. So, okay, no, I'll, okay. I'll, save it for the, I'll save it for my next okay, point. Okay, okay. But what I'm saying is that um, the Raptors, they made a smart move because I agree with you. They were trying to get rid of that DeRozan contract the right. moment they signed it. They had to sign him to that contract right. at the time. So I get all that. They found somebody to take him, mm-hmm. which is San Antonio. Um, and I think they're just trying to get more prospects because they have a, a decent little young roster. I think the one kid they got, um, the, what's his name, OG? What's kid his name? from Indiana. He's going to be, he's he's gonna be gonna a beast, be man. I he's think he's going to be, be pretty good. He's Fred Van Fleet's good. Um, I think they should have the San Antonio approach. I mean, yeah. Amer- and this is what I mean by that. International non-American players should be the Toronto Raptors roster. Mm-hmm. It's been proven U.S. players through the history of that franchise don't want to be there long term. From Damon Stoudemire, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter. You go down the line, all of these guys have had great success in this organization but have decided, yeah, I don't want to stay here no more. I don't know if it's the taxes. I don't know if it's cold. I don't know what it is. So I would get guys from the international playing field because Toronto's an international city, mm-hmm. and build it from there. I really wouldn't count on these. It, it, it's just not working. They, they don't have any stability. They could only get to the second round. They remind me of the Hawks, that Joe Johnson era, yeah, where they were good round. enough to get mm-hmm. to the first round. And that, and I was going to make a point, that contract is like a Joe Johnson contract. Yeah. Like Joe Johnson, they gave him $120 million. We need more than just getting out the first round. We yeah. need you to be able to beat get in the conference finals at least or get the championship and they're just not good enough to get to that next level unfortunately it's more of a public image thing it's like you gotta sit there and say you gotta sign a player that's like consider your best player you can't just let him go for nothing because most fans don't really understand right you know what I'm saying they don't they understand you're giving up. yeah they you think, think you're giving, giving up. up but really it's like why am I spending 30 million a year on this dude he's not even considered an A1 talent right um, but yeah so that's what I think about Toronto um, and I can go on for days about that but I don't you know we don't have that much time so mm. You mentioned Kyle Lowry. So, my next question for you is, you know, we always talk about who's best and all that. Mm-hmm. Who's the top five players at each position? So, we'll say a point guard, two, three, wing player, no big problem. man. Now, since you said Kyle Lowry is an all-star. And so, you want the, so, you want the top five. five so, basically, a starting five no, at each position. No, just give me your top five point guards. Give me your oh, top okay, five two guards. You, but before we do that, tell okay. me, since Kyle Lowry, your opinion, is an all-star. Yes. Who's the top? Give me the top five point guards in the East. Okay, in the East. Yeah, in the East. Then what you can do overall. No, I just want to hear what you're okay, East. Okay, in the East. I think you got to start with John Wall, Kyle Lowry, <laughs> oh, Kimber Wal- Kimble Walker. <laughs> Yo. Kimber Walker. Um, I like Dennis Schroeder. People might laugh at me and say no. 
and then rounding it out, I would have said Eric Bledsoe, but he played so bad. Oh, Kyrie Irving. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I was thinking, I'm looking at him like he's going to get traded. So Kyrie Irving is number one. Let me apologize. Kyrie Irving is number one. John mm-hmm. Wall, Kimball Walker, Cal Lowry, Dennis Schroeder. These is kind of weak, so I can give you that. So just overall, who are your top five point guards? Uh, you got to go Steph Curry. In order. Yeah, so in order. You got to go Steph Curry. Mm. You got to go Russell Westbrook. You got to go Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard. And then I would say, I want to say John Wall, but I would probably say, I would probably say Kimball Walker. Mm. Why do you choose Steph over Russ? Champion. He he wins. He comes up big and big. You know, people think he's on a loaded team. But I mean, this guy got three chips. So, you're talking about a guy that got three chips in comparison to a guy that can't even get out the first. He let a rookie dominate him in the first round last year. Who, Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell dominated OKC last year. Let's be honest. And you um, said you said Russ two. You said Kyrie, Kyrie three. Kyrie three. Dame four. Dame four. And you said John Wall five? Yeah. And I said it, it's between John Wall and Kimba. I think Kimba is a little more available than John Wall. Mm-hmm. And John Wall, to me, just those injuries always set him back. It always seems like he's doing well, then he hurts his knee, gets out of shape, then he goes You don't away. feel like he's overrated a little bit? No, I think John Wall is. Can he shoot? Not in comparison to what you would call great jump shooters now at the point guard position, no. I mean, he has nowhere near the range of, you know, Steph, Kyrie, and Damian Lillard. Now, is he a decent 18 foot and in? Yeah, but the game is not played that way. So I think John Wall gets caught up in trying to be something he's not. If he just stuck to getting in the rim and playing a game 18 feet and in, mm-hmm. those are his strengths, he'd be great. But I mean, this is my argument with John Wall. People always consider John Wall because they see his athletic you know, ability. But it's mm-hmm. like all the players you mentioned on that top five list, I know I can count on them if I needed a basket. They'll give me a basket. I can't see that with John Wall. I mean, I've seen a lot of time where he just plays, you know, one-on-one ball and, and throws up a clunker. You know, I, I think more than anything, not to critique your list, but mm-hmm. um, Bradley Bill's more the closer on that team than I would say John Wall would be. He is. Um, he is? Okay. Yeah, he's the guy. I mean, he's – he and that's – Who would you rather have more on that team, Bradley Bill or John Bradley Wall? Bradley Bill. Okay. And, that's, and that's what John Wall has to – is struggling with now. I mm-hmm. mean, he's, he's paid and he thinks he's the franchise guy. And until he relinquishes that to Bradley Bill and he's to play more as a supportive role, they're never gonna they're never gonna reach the heights they can get to. Good point. Okay. Um let's see your top five two guards in your opinion. Um you gotta go James Harden, Clay Thompson, hmm. Devin Booker. Hmm. Um Is Tatum Tatum's more considered a two, right? Yeah. I know Jalen Brown's not there yet. Bradley Bill. Is there, and then you gotta go. Who'd you say number three? Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Then you gotta go Demar Derozan. <sighs> Devin Booker. Monk. Come on, man. Come on, man. No, I'm not. I'm just thinking. I'm just hey. Devin Booker. And I would put Donovan Mitchell there. I just gotta. I, I want to see this second year. To I've see seen a lot of guys food. have great first years, mm-hmm. and either from a work ethic standpoint, a guys get catch up on a game. He looks like a guy that's going to translate and be a permanent dude. Because there's been dudes that's won rookie of the year. Mike Mike Miller won rookie of the year one year. I mean, <laughs> Mike Miller. He yeah, did. He did. He did. Uh, he did the, the tall, linking point guard that was at Philly that went to Syracuse. Michael Carter Williams won oh, rookie of the year. Trash. He's trash. He's so trash. let me just see this second year. But um, 
you know, I think the two guard position is healthy. I mean, James Harden is. I mean, you never really seen. I don't know who, who else is a two guard. Clay Thompson. I mean, Bradley C J McCollum. He's a two guard. Yeah, C J is right below. If C J is not better than anybody I mentioned. I mean, C J is right there. C J would be top ten, but C J is not better than DeRozan. Nah, he's not better than Booker. Nah, that's true. Um, true. You know, see, so definitely not better than Clay. PG, I, what's PG? Paul George is a two. Yeah. yeah, is he a three? Yeah, because he because remember OKC Robinson was the uh, two. He's a three because you can't have him at the two because I think from guarding those smaller guys that will wear him down. I think you asking him to get on perimeter, slide his feet with the James Harden's of the world, a chase uh-huh. Clay Thompson around fifty feet, or try to guard Devin Booker. That's a lot to ask. But I think if you put him at the three, then he has a better matchup. All right. So, I think it's the hardest one. Who's the threes? Um, this is a hard gotta one. Got to go LeBron. I mean, you got – it's funny. It's LeBron 1A, KD 1B. LeBron. But you can't do that. So, you got to go LeBron, KD, Giannis. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tough one. Yeah, the threes are tough. Um, yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. I think I got to put my boy up there. Who? I ain't going to give up on him. Who? <laughs> get the man. Don't get out of here with that shit. Why do you like him so much, man? Yeah, I think he... Um, Everybody's down with him. Why does everybody yeah. like him? Are you are you in love with his, his physical tools? Uh, I, just think he's, I just think people want him to be something he's not. He's Canadian. Oh, that's, he got a that's load. what I'm saying. They want him to be a high motor guy. He ain't like that. But let's be honest with you. He's averaged until Jimmy Butler came on team. Since he's been in league, he's averaged between 19 and 20. Jimmy Butler ain't better than him. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is better so than Jimmy, him. So t- but that hurt his progression because it, it didn't allow him to take that next same step. Same position. They brought the same per player. No, in they just bought, no, they just bought a guy that's a worker bee, that's a beast, that works for everything he got, is strong-minded. Um, wills his way because when he when Jimmy Butler go off, it's not like he's doing moves. You like I can't do that. He's doing regular between the legs pull up, but it's just he wills himself to be great. Well, I think Wiggins, everybody's wanting him to be that type of guy, but he's just not that guy. Now, I, you, know, know, you know what I'm saying. So I think part of it is on him. He needs to turn up the value a little bit with his game, but some of it is just people got to start accepting that he's just kind of a low. A low key guy. He ain't gonna, you know, he ain't gonna be rah rah like that. I didn't watch a lot of um, Timberwolves games, even though I got the, the ticket, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and every time I read articles about Andrew Wiggins, they always mention he's terrible on defense. Um, which coming into the league, he was drafted to be one of those like perimeter lockdown players. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, his efficiency, I guess, those whatever that efficiency rating chart right. is, they say is terrible. So. I see that, and then I see, I see what you see in him. Like, I don't say he's a scrub or none of that right. stuff. He's pretty good, but something's missing. You got to get better. Opinion. I mean, you got to get better with the ball. He's he's not very good when they give him the ball and they try to do high pick and rolls or clear outs. He's not good at that. So, mm-hmm. you got to think. It's, you, it's hard to be the guy on offense when they can't give you the ball to clear out and make a play. He struggles mm-hmm. with that. Um, what he does do well is he's great in transition. Um, and he's great without the ball. But I think the way Tibbs plays, he plays a lot of ISO, one-on-one, put your man in position, go. And Jimmy Butler, you can see, thrives at that. He be killing players, man, uh, Tibbs. Every time, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. every player complains about their practices. He wears you down. The game is too long. Yeah. He's old school. And it's a, it's a different generation. He can't be acting like that. All right, um, top five bigs. Um, Before the injury, you got to, well, no, I think Joel Embiid, Defensively, has passed to Marcus Cousins. So I put Joel Embiid number one. 
Mm, that's that's interesting. I'll put my boy. I like my boy from Denver, Novik. Yeah, he's nice. I like him. Yes. Um, Son Whitehead. I was kind of high on him, but he did what I thought he was going to do, and he got his money. He got lazy. You. And just took a step down. Um, you missing somebody? Anthony there. Davis. Yeah, about to say last. Like, that's, yeah, that's but I don't look at him. I thought you were talking about fives. I, I mean, just big. Him. I mean, I can't say oh, yeah, that. or just like yeah, mixed yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, so Anthony's just... no. Well, Anthony Davis number one. Joe Lambie's number two. Um, if Demarcus Cousin was right, number three. Um, my guy from Denver. What's his name? Uh, what's his name? Norwich. Oh no, yeah, 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 he's yeah. a beast, man. He's and nice. I, and I and 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 people. Again, people want more than sometimes you want. I think LaMarcus Aldridge is a great post guy, but people want him to be a mixture of Chris Webber and Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, they want that not, flashiness. He's yeah, going to get you. He's just not, that's just not his game. 15 feet away from the hoop, he's yeah, going to get you that, that every time. Yeah, so... You know. All right, cool, man. I just wanted to you know get get your pulse on yeah. uh, you know your your ranking so far. Yeah. Um, let's see here. What else I got? Uh, okay, so off that, and we'll move forward. Um, those are considered the elite players. So, what mm-hmm. players would you say are on the cusp of being considered like first team NBA? I know you mentioned Devin Booker, right. the next the next stars. Um, gotcha. Um, give me like five names or somebody, or just whatever many you want. Oh, definitely, Jason Tatum. Is up there. Um, I like Jamal Murray from Denver. I think he's a great combo guard. He gives you a lot. Another name you they mentioned, got a nice C- squad, man. CJ McCollum yeah. is a guy that's on the cusp. Um, let's see. How you feel about Ben Simmons? What's your opinion? I like on Ben him? Simmons' game. Yeah. I think he obviously he has to develop. Just give me a fifteen footer. You don't got. You'll never be a three point shooter. <laughs> yeah, because you got to think of playoff time. Shit, yeah, but it's not that he can't. Like he physically can't shoot. You know, you ever seen guys like he don't know how I'm from shoot. New York, right? Yeah. So Felipe Lopez, when I was coming up, was like God. Felipe couldn't shoot, but he would shoot. He could yeah. shoot. He could literally shoot a three pointer. It just wouldn't go in a lot. Yeah, yeah. Ben Simmons physically looks like he can't, like it don't work. Like he can't shoot it. Like, like Markel Fultz. Yeah, like he got the Markel Fultz thing, but the, that's his game. Well, that's and great. in a playoff situation, you're gonna get scouted more. People gonna take away things you like. And if I was play, if I was teams. If he wants to be the point guard, I'm picking him up 94 feet. I'm making him work. By the fourth quarter, he's going to be exhausted. He's not really. I hate when they have these big men that say they're point guards. He's not really a point guard. He just handles the rock up the court. He don't, like you said, no one really hounds him and like puts pressure on him. You right. put like a little dude on him and pressure him the whole game, he's going to be tired. Like, you, should, you should work him. If you, want, if you want to put the responsibility on him to do that, if he wants that responsibility, I will work him like a dog. And by that fourth quarter, he's going to be exhausted. He's not going to be able to get in the lane because he does. He has great passing instincts, and he is a great passer. But I don't think he's a natural point guard. But I think they have to put him at the one because he can't score. That's true. He has no. You can't put him at the three because he has no offensive moves. Yeah, that's true. So it's like you got to make him. You got to make him a point guard because it's like he can't score. His post game is now his post game is decent for a young kid, but. He looks reckless when he tries to go to the rack a lot of times. He's 6'10". Yeah. He he's looks huge. Like, yeah. He's a big guy. Yeah. So, I mean, um, but Philly, I don't know. Mark, Marcus Fultz is a guy. They got to figure out what they're going to do with that. He got to get his game right, and they got to figure out how they're going to use him. Because in all actuality, he should be the one, and Ben Simmons should be the three. And they would have a bit of me- What's yeah. wrong with him? Is he, he can't shoot? I mean, he what? Got the, he got the yips, man. I never seen a basketball player get the yips. I've seen crazy, baseball man. players get it. Like you know, you ever yeah, seen a baseball players get it? Yeah, 
But I never seen. Did you see that stuff they had on YouTube with him like working out? Yeah, he was doing like high soul. Yeah, ooh, I've never seen it. I know. I was like, what is wrong with him? Like it wasn't like his shoulder was hurt. He just looked nasty. They should have just said it was his shoulder because like there's no reason for him to be shooting that. You can't hide. He got the yips, man. He got he. First of all, he should hire whoever he hired to change his. He came in being a a drop dead shoot. That's what he did in Washington. I mean, they didn't win a lot. It was on the West Coast, so people didn't watch he him play. Been the number one pick, man. Nah, he was he nice, man. He he's everything you. He's a he's a six five. They were looking at him as a six five Kyrie Irving. I mean, he was nice in college. I mean, they didn't win, but he his game was NBA ready. Nice one on one moves, explosive, got to the rim, could shoot. But I mean, I I never seen. That's I, an unknown unknown. You never seen nobody do that. I think, man, in my opinion, Dejounte Murray is gonna be a superstar. I really think he's gonna be a star, man. Like, I, people may not know I mean, you know, but I'm saying mm-hmm. a lot of people that watch basketball probably don't realize or know who he is. But he's in charge of that team now. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, there's no Tony Parker. There's no uh, nice. Kawhi. He's nice. But I think even last year he showed against, like, good nice. point guards. that nice. He got a bad um, chick, too. Oh. He got one of the best girlfriends in the yeah. league. Oh, his, his girls on the league. Young boy? Yeah. You, you, little, you be a little jealous. How does young boy He's a bronze man. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah, he down yeah, he with Team Clutch. But he for a young boy. Now, he might. He got he got the physical tools. Um, again, you just worry about is he dedicated to being good or does he want to look nice? Meaning that does he just want to yeah. look? Does he want to look good or is he going to get his fingernails dirty? And kind of um, do what it takes to win, but not physically. He got everything: He's six five, long arms. He could, sh- you know, he could shoot. He got handles. He got he got hops. I don't think he's as polished as Jamal Murray now. Jamal oh no, Murray, Jamal Murray's nice. Yeah, Jamal Murray's he's, nice. He's he's ready. I think this year to take that next step, pushing possibly for an All Star. I think he can score twenty five a game. Oh yeah, it's easy, it's easy too. Like he scores. He's it's natural for him. It's yeah. not a force. When he was at Kentucky, I thought he had a pro game. Like the way he just right. Like he his offensive game, I felt like a pro game to me. Who's on that team? It's him. It was him. They got uh, the Porter now, Michael Porter Jr. Right, he just had back surgery again. So yeah, so he's he shut down. It might be a wrap for him. Yeah, career wise too. They um, got Burton. They got a they they well they play through they play through the big guys. So they're a little unique because they don't play like other teams. They play the Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Now I think he's that's overrated. That's overrated. Me too. I think so. I don't too. think he's worth eighty four million. I think he's a lower level Bradley Bill. He's a, a solid guy. Mm-hmm. You know you're gonna get eighteen and twenty. But I don't think if Denver got extended in the playoff series and they playing the second seed and the first seed, he would ever be better than the two guard he's facing. That's true. And that's going to be a problem. You gotta when you pay a guy that money, you gotta ninety percent of the time you're supposed to be the best in your position. Yeah. And him Or at least top five in your in Yeah, game. he's not. Like he I can see him doing well in the first round game, but now you go say he gotta go against Houston or he gotta go against the Lakers. Like he's going you're gonna start seeing like, whoa do you think players like him would get that money if they became a free agent? Like after that, his first contract ended. Do you think if he went out on the market, somebody would give him eighty-four million dollars, or do you think that it's because he was homegrown, a Denver draft pick, mm-hmm. and to save face a lot of times they, they extend these players? Do you? I mean, well, you would want to think these GMs are smart, right? So you would want to think they forecast and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. If we let him walk, either if we let him become a restricted free agent. And go to the market. He's going to demand the five year one twenty. So let's come in early and let's give him eighty four million. When really he probably was expecting to get fifty, overpay a little bit, not really break the house. They have to do some sort of forecasting because that's a lot of money to get somebody that just average only seventeen. 
So really that was more like we projecting you to be a hundred million dollar guy, but take this eighty four million now because we want to afford. That's what happened with um Giannis. the football with Todd Gurley. I mean, you know, I know you didn't don't yeah, watch yeah, it, yeah. but like, so Le'Veon was trying to get fifteen million a year. Mm-hmm. You know, the Rams were pretty smart. Like, all right, I know, like two years, the market's going to be like sixteen, seventeen million a year right. for running backs. So we're going to give you like this bag now, which is a lot for right now. But they're projecting that he's going to surpass that as far as value goes yeah, in two years. Right. So it's kind of like they're getting a bargain. With that but, deal, you know what I mean? But Lady and Bell, he should just play like Kirk Cousins. I mean, he should just listen. You want to pay me fourteen million this year? Because basically, when you do that, um, the franchise tag, the franchise tag, you got to get the top five percent right. of your position. I would take the fifth. Better to get the fifteen million. It's guaranteed fifteen million. You're gonna get that for this year. Guaranteed fifteen million. Next year, go to the market and just kill it. This year, you're gonna get it. And he's a running back. And I think Lady and Bell probably got about three to four years on Gurley. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's why Gurley's going to get the yeah. bag. I don't think Le'Veon's going to get the bag. But we can go on about that um, another time. Mm-hmm. Um, segue into, you know, some topics you brought up. I know you, there's some things you want to discuss um, that's off just, you know, current events, things like that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, I see here, young kids being rushed to be great in sports. Yeah. Um, elaborate. What do you mean by that? I mean, well, you, you have kids now. Mm-hmm. I think winning in life is this. I have a young son. He's six years old, right? Mm-hmm. He's little. The win for me with him to be able to get a college scholarship, leave school debt-free, and be able to have a good college career where he networks and able to get a job making six figures right out of school. Right. No debt. That's a win. Right. In, in American society, that's a win. In sports, 50% of people be like, he ain't shit. He ain't make the league. He's a bum. Or he didn't do what he's supposed to do. Or he was a failure. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's with so many opportunities for guys to make the NBA. And people don't look at real life. There are people that's making $75,000 a year living a great life. Right. If you could leave, but, but have debt, right? Credit card debt, student loan debt. If you could leave school, be a state hero, wherever you was at, do your thing, be able to walk into a job right after college, be able to get in an executive training program. Be able to move out your parents' home at 22, get a fly apartment, got a car. That's winning. Right. I agree. That's winning, right? You, If it's somebody did that in their play sports, you'd be like, man, that young man's impressive. But it's only sports where if you don't, especially in our community, in the black community, if you don't make the pinnacle, it, there's no middle ground. Yeah. It's either you a bum <laughs> or you made it. And a lot of us just put these pressure on these kids. I mean, you see these shows. When you say pinnacle, and I'm going to cut you off, when you mm-hmm. say pinnacle, do you mean pinnacle as far as the, the, the elite of your sport or just making it to the league itself? I think making it to, well, then you got that pressure making it to, then you got guys, I got a friend of mine that I went to high school with, Shane Ball Wells. He made it to the NBA. He left school a little early, only played in the NBA a year. You got people around the block. Some people, a lot of people loved him, but a lot of people like, Shane wasn't shit. He ain't make it. And I'm like, what do you mean he didn't make it? He did something that, you couldn't do it. Nobody. Yeah. It's a thousand dudes in Harlem play ball every Saturday. All of us would give our left nut to play in the league. He was on the wood. He was on the floor. Now, he wasn't a star, but he made it like he won. Yeah, I feel you. And we just don't, you know, we, and that's, so that's what I mean, pressure. I mean, you got kids ranking third graders. Yeah. You don't, how do you, Yeah. how do you know who the best, what does that even mean? Then like, it forces the kid to take that route in life to feel like they have to pursue that. And then if they don't make it, or, or let's say, like in your in your friend's case, 
they don't last long in the league or become a star. They're looked at as failures and disappointments. And not only does that, do they hear that, that affects them and affects their livelihood because they start believing in that shit. Like, yo, I'm a disappointment. I'm a failure. Like, And you got people judging you and they make their grammar school team. Yeah. So I think it, mm. we, we just, you know, so I think that's the danger. And that's across the board. Football. I mean, you watch these recruiting shows. I mean, they put so much pressure on these kids. And it's no grooming process. It used to be you come in as a freshman, there was a level of expectation, right? But really, you would start kind of kicking in the gear your sophomore year. Then by your junior year, you would be fully fully developed and ready to go. Now it's like at 18, unless you hit the ground running, they're getting you out the door. Look yeah. at Kentucky. Kentucky and give it a – Cal is like, listen, B, I'm giving you a year, two years tops. Right. After that second year, I don't care if you want to stay or not. I made promises to these other recruits. Yeah, you I thought get, you was yeah, out the you door. Get out. You got yeah, to go. Yeah, Isaiah yeah, Briscoe wasn't ready to leave like that when he left. But he was like, listen, Isaiah – Where's he at? He just made the Atlanta Magic. He didn't. Um, he didn't get. He didn't get drafted. The year he came out. He went to Russia, worked on his game, and Atlanta Magic just signed him to a two-year deal. Nice. So Ryan Harrow too. Remember, like him. He, uh, Ryan. What was his name Ryan Harrow? Ryan Harrow, the kid that went from. Uh, he's from down here. He went to Georgia State. He left. Oh Kentucky. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, he was at NC State first. And then he went to Kentucky. Then he went to Kentucky, and he was uh, over his head. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Cow's like, listen, B. This is what we gonna do. Your father got a heart attack, right? No, my father's healthy. Your father got a heart attack, right? You from Georgia, right? Yeah. You gonna go to Georgia State? You gotta right. sit out a year. You gonna? It's best for you to do that. You you out of here, B? Because that's I can't. the year they didn't make the tournament. They say, yeah, see, Cal ain't playing. So yeah. um, this is no. <clears throat> I mean, these kids are just being rushed, I, and I think it's like if you don't get it right away, you're a bum. That's I true. mean, look at even how they draft kids. I mean, you can have a great college career. I mean, there's guys, I, you know, I was an avid summer league watcher. And this guy, you know, your money was nice at so-and-so Northeastern. He averaged 19 a game for his career. Yeah. He ain't even thought about. But yet they draft some kid from France that played in the B League that averaged nine points a game. Yeah. But because he's 17, it's like. It's funny you say that. You, you watch that uh, the basketball tournament. Yeah. That's what I was like, yo, that dude was fucking a beast at so-and-so. Yeah. There's so many players that you saw that were, like, killing it in college, but now they're playing these little – even the big three to extent, but those dudes actually had careers in the NBA. Right. But this basketball tournament, these are, like, elite college basketball players at the time. Um, and they like, reached it, but that, here's the thing, kind of was going back early. They had a great career. We shouldn't look at those guys as fair. Those guys reached the pinnacle of basketball. You know how many – you know how hard it is to play Division One sports and average double figures? I mean, there's no shame in that. Everybody's not going to be an NBA player. And that's mm-hmm. what I don't like. This society looks at, oh, you, you, all you did was go to Kansas and average uh, 15 points a game for four years and was all Big 12, and now you're playing in Russia. You ain't shit. You know how nice well, I am? You know, when I come around the block, niggas, yeah. I, I destroy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, only, yeah. it's only a fragment of people walking on the earth. Yeah. That's better than me. And they all playing in the league. Anybody else is not even well, competition. Well, hold hold that thought of people that we consider failures, so to okay. speak, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I want to touch on that maybe like 10 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, segue into AAU. Since we're talking about youth and getting kids into the game early, mm-hmm. how do you feel like AAU is good for the game? Do you think it's a positive? Um, I know in its inception, it meant good for the game. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it now? I think it's I think it's getting cleaned up. I think um, the early two thousands, kind of that Lenny Cook era, Sebastian Telfair, <laughs> it was like the wild wild west, right? So I think what Nike and Adidas has done, Sonny Vaccaro out there, playing yeah, that. like because basically when you would have AAU tournaments, you get all these guys on teams, but they wouldn't play for anything. They would like play seven games a weekend, 
there was no emphasis on winning. It was just getting numbers and playing against competition. Yeah. I think Nike with the EYBL, they sort of incentivized now. Like when you go to these tournaments, in order to be eligible to play in a big tournament, you got to win a certain percentage of games. So I think winning now is factored back in. I think coaching now is factored back in. Um, when I was coming up, drug dealers was AAU coaches. Yeah. Now yeah. you really got guys that's starting their career AAU, then they maybe get a college job yeah. and follow the kid, then they get an NBA job. So I think it's taken more serious. I think it's good because if you live in a certain area and your high school team, you may play an elite Division One guy two to three times a year. Everybody yeah. else you playing is so it's the gauge for you to know how really good you are on the next level is slow, low. Think on the AU circuit, every game you got, you got you going against a guy that's gonna be a college player. Now we don't know how good he's gonna be, mm-hmm. but he's gonna be a college division one athlete. So yeah. for coaches it's good because like, okay, I get to see him play against somebody else equal talent instead of him playing against the school of the blind and getting, <laughs> you know, 70 points and 80 re- You know, you see some of these yeah, stats. You're exactly like, what the fuck are they playing? Hell, the, game, yeah. the game was only 32 minutes. How do you average 50 points and 40 <laughs> You know, so I think it's good that way. But I do think, um, you know, obviously the, the, the shadiness of it is not regulated, right? So you could do a lot of shady things with AAU that you can't do in high school. You know, you see guys getting paid. You yeah. see guys getting a bunch of enormous amount of sneakers. And then you see these sneaker companies trying to funnel these kids to their school. So you play for a Nike sponsor. Yeah, they're trying to get you to go to Arizona. They're trying to get you to go to Arizona. They're trying to get you whatever, you know, they're trying to get you to go to Duke. Don't buy, don't sleep on Duke. Duke play dirty. But they play dirty clean. They play dirty clean, yeah. Like, they play dirty. I saw some of the other line, and it was so subtle, right? So basically, they were showing, um, they were showing my man uh, Williamson's birthday. Uh, that's going there, Zion Williamson. Yeah. So they were showing the Duke team, take him out to dinner. So they videotape. He go to Groove Chris. They uh, get the, they get the private yeah, table. Yeah. They get the steak and yeah. lobster. Yeah. Then they get in the van and they go to um, to see Uncle Drew. But they got the whole movie theater themselves. Yeah. Then they go and get shuttled back to school. Then when they get back to school, Kyrie Irving is there to talk to him. So Duke flosses kind of let you know, if you come here, you living. Yeah. You going to Groove Chris. Every day, yeah. you got the top facilities. If you want to go to the movie, you ain't waiting online. They like they like the nigga you see that you know he got a ton of money but dresses like a bum. But then all of a sudden he lifts his wrist up and got this big ass Rolex. Right. On. Like, okay. Okay. I know right. They're not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Kentucky, like, you know, got the got the reputation. Cal got the reputation as having that plastic bag coming in the living room. Like, son, here, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Three hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah. But Duke Duke floors too. They just do it. And, you know, it's smart. You know, kids are impressionable. They're not recruiting grown people like us. They're recruiting impressionable 17, 18-year-old kids. They're a you factory, though, man. Dudes are like, like, they can do no wrong. I, can, Coach, I can't. Coach K cheated a little bit with that USA team. Imagine. He was smart. It was, it was smart for yeah. him. That yeah. was smart. And like, he, I mean, why not get good with Kobe? Why not get good with LeBron? And everybody talks highly of you. So, of course, kids that are, like, the top of the, top of the class are going to consider Duke every time because – why not? They win it. You get they on winning. the phone, and then look what they could do for you afterwards. Yeah. I mean, you know? So you mentioned money and sports recycling. Um, right. So this is just a theory, right? Yeah, so a theory I have. Okay. So basically, you have these NFL, just NBA owners. We talk about these enormous contracts. Conspiracy how could they? How could they pay uh, somebody 130 How could they just give Devin Booker $130 million and then not hurt them? My conspiracy theory is they give Devin Booker that 130. That next conversation is, oh, 
here's my guy, John Greenspan. He's my investment banker. Devin, I want you to work with him. Here's my realtor. I work with him personally. Here's my jeweler. Here's my car guy. Right? So now, Devin Booker is taking that $130 million and spending it with people connected to the owner. Now, those guys stay connected to the owner because what do they do? All the money they make during the year from the different relationships they get, they buy skyboxes, they Mm -hmm. buy suites, they buy floor seats. So that's what I'm saying. That sort of money is recycling. The owner pays Devin Booker. Devin Booker pays the guys. The guys then take their money and recycle it back into purchasing goods. And for a the bonus team. onto that, the players that aren't making that much money on the team sees the guy on the team that makes the most money messing with these investment bankers and all that stuff. So, so Devin Booker's probably telling these little young dudes making a million a year, like, hey, you should probably reach out to this dude as well. So it's pretty much like you're getting that whole entire group or whole entire team mm-hmm. to go to people that's within your umbrella, it's, right? That's just my thing. No, I mean, it, it yeah, makes sense, yeah, though. Because I just look at it like... Because they do that in uh, college basketball, too. In college basketball, um, a coach will work with a charity, right? What it is. It could be Boys and Girls Club of America, mm-hmm. right? Let's just use, like, Mark Few as an example, right? Okay. Boys and Girls Club of America. He hires people from his friends and family to work for Boys and Girls Club of America, and they get paid off of the money that's donated to that charity. Correct. Makes sense? So it's yes. kind of like the money's... Right. Not so he's the promoting, same way. So he's promoting, he's promoting the boys it. and then we're promoting the, the money funnels in... And is actually paying his his friends, his friends and family. Yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, so I mean, I, I can't. This is a theory of mine because it's like these owners he's be giving up this money so easy. You're like, how? Because you got to think there's people in the room, right? Like, yo, this one thirty over. That's a lot of money. Thirty million. That's a lot. How are they doing this? But they got to spend it though. I play devil's advocate. They yeah. have to. They have a salary cap, but they, they have gotta, a salary. They got to spend it. But I do think. These guys are billionaires for a reason. People just not giving money away. So that's just a theory of mine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That it just, you know, the money has a tendency to recycle itself back to the person that gave it out in the first place. So it's not really a true loss thing because they know they're going to get it back in, in, in a certain way. That was just a theory kind of. I that's had. a good theory to have because I think it happens across all sports. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I want, we're going to shift gears a little bit. I want to ask okay. you a bunch of questions. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to make you think a little bit. All right. Okay. Um, I have written down what if game, right? Okay. So what if game is like, what if this happened as opposed to this, right? Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask you maybe three different what ifs, right? Okay. All right. First, what if? So do you recall the 2003 draft at all when LeBron and all of them were in the draft? Yes. Do you recall who was who had a chance for the number one pick? It was Memphis and Cleveland, right? So okay. both of them had like a 50-50 chance to get the number one pick. Okay. So my what if question for that is, what if Memphis got the number one pick? Mm-hmm. What do you think would have happened with LeBron in his career? Oh, well, LeBron would have been LeBron. I mean, he definitely would have been. The and do you think, I'm sorry, do you think that Memphis team wins titles? Because that, you got to think back, that Memphis team had a very solid core at the time. They had the Gasol. Um, who did they have on that team? Right, Gasol was a rookie because he came in. Because Gasol came in two years earlier, Shane right? Shane Battier was there. Shane Battier was there. Mike Miller was Mike there. Mike Miller was there. Yeah, LeBron would have definitely took him over. Well, they definitely would have been a high-end. Mike Bibby was the point guard. Mm-hmm. They definitely would have been a high-end playoff team, for sure. Um, obviously, in Memphis, from a Brandon standpoint, I don't think LeBron would have been as big. I think it was just a Hollywood story. Big city, you know, small city kid comes home, struggling franchise. Cleveland's never won. Um, and just would have blew it up. But I think LeBron, I think the question is what would, what would have been the history of Cleveland? It would have been the same. They would have yeah. been ratchet for forever, forever, for yeah. years to come. So LeBron would have been LeBron, but Cleveland wouldn't have been 
what it is now. Well, no, yeah. Well, Cleveland would have had, I think, the number two pick, probably, right? Right, but then they would have, they would have had to take on Melo. That it would have took Darko. Follow up question. So I, this wasn't a part of my three questions. Uh-huh. So with that same draft, what if Detroit took Carmelo? Do you think they still win titles? Yes, I think Carmelo would have been a guy in a playoff game when you need twenty. You just can't lock everybody on defense to get you over the hump. They they thought short term instead of long term. Larry Brown said, "I got Tayshawn Prince. He's my glue guy. He's my small forward." We got a plan that we kind of work as a team and a unit. But the NBA is about stars, right? Mm-hmm. So that team, right, that team beat a Lakers team, but that Lakers team was fragmented. But that next year they went to game seven. The next year they went seven and lost to San Antonio, but then it broke up because those guys got older. And those guys from an individual standpoint really wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. You get a guy like Carmelo Anthony, he gets you. He could get you 50 in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So I think they really – Blew it. I think that was very short-sighted. And then the fact that Larry Brown made that pick and then was out the next year because he's interviewing with New York. Yeah. It was just disastrous because Darko, yeah. you know, you see what it was with him. Cool. All right. Good answer. So this one's more your generation. Nah, I ain't going to say that because it'll make, <laughs> make you seem old. What if Lim Bias never died? Oh, the Celtics would have been phenomenal. Um, well... Let's and, take that and back. Yeah, let me add some, you know, context okay. to it. From Ben Bias was before my time. Yeah. Um, so from everything I've heard though, they said he was considered up there with Jordan. Um Athletically. 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 They said he was gonna be like the next mega star. Athletically, yeah. I mean he was like Dominique Wilkins with a jump shot. He wasn't that creative with the dribble. But he was like literally he was like Dominique Wilkins, but with a featherly featherly jump shot. I mean Dominique Wilkins was a great score, but Lim Bias could really shoot. Like him and him and Larry Bird could have, as Lin Bias got older, got in the shooting contest, and they and they'd been like, "Yo, who's going to win?" He was that type of shooter. Mm-hmm. So the transition to Celtic, they wouldn't had to go total shitty. It took it took them a long time after that three after they core left. Yeah. Unfortunately, what happened with Reggie Lewis? He passed away. Then they just went declined. I mean, Lin Bias would have been that. It would have been Reggie Lewis, Lin Bias, and then add other people. They had a cure to carry and it been the right next. there. Yeah, that was a that was a hard one. That was a little before I was ten. I was like ten when he died. Mm-hmm. But you just hear the stories, and then now the great thing about YouTube, you can kind of go back and look at him and be like, oh yeah, he would have. He 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 potentially could have been a problem. I think, and man, I, got, I keep thinking of stuff out on the, on the cusp. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a good answer. The Malice in the Palace. Remember that Artest mm-hmm. and them fighting the crowd. A lot of people don't remember that that team in the end was probably the best team in the NBA. They at the nice. time, they was loaded. Um, that's crazy. Now I think I just I just thought of that randomly. Yeah, like if that never good. happened, they probably won a championship or two. Well, they they would have got out the East, but they that was still at the same time. Kobe, the Lakers were still running the West, right? When the Mavericks, yeah, that was, like Lakers had broke up. That, was the, had broke that was the year Detroit won the title. Oh, and they beat the Lakers. Yeah, but I think the Lakers were like on their way out. Yeah. So you got to ask with that team. Had beat the Lakers, mm-hmm. um, but that team definitely would have been that team definitely would have been primed to take over Detroit. That team would have beat Detroit in the series because they had no answer with Jermaine O'Neal. True, Ben you Wallace. What you mean the Lakers that wouldn't have an answer for him? Or Detroit? No, Detroit. Detroit. And Jermaine. I mean Ben Wallace is a worker bee, but he he would have got that work. Ben, <laughs> he would have got that work because I mean you could be a worker bee all you want. That's the thing. 
Worker bees are great them first early series, but talent takes over. Over, yeah. You yeah. can work a bee or work a bee all you want, but you saw it this year. You went, when KD just wanted to take over, you can't do nothing. Some of these guys are too good. You can't. You can't. Only thing you hope for when you're a worker bee is you make a great player not efficient. So instead of him shooting fifty percent, maybe you got him shooting thirty eight percent, and it's taking bad shots. But you ain't gonna stop. You can't stop nobody. Cool. Can't do it. All right. So three more questions, man. I'm gonna let you go. I know. Mm-hmm. You know, full disclosure, my boy Pate, you know, tore his Achilles trying to dunk on somebody playing in the game. Uh, I really tore it getting I'm 43. I really tore it getting in triple threat. Guy came out me, exploded by him, and then I just heard the, felt the pop, mm. and it was just devastating. So, um, so how's therapy? I mean, I got a couple more questions, but how's therapy's going? Therapy's going, going pretty good, good man. man. Yeah, That's the first good. week I was depressed, man. To be honest with you, that first three days I was depressed, yeah. man, because I like pride myself in just taking care of my body enough to where I'm able to play and not get hurt. All right. And the time you put into that and you still get hurt, it was hard. But um, everything happens for a reason. Um, and then as you know, I just had to change my mindset and get positive. But rehab is going well. I'm about two and a half weeks ahead of schedule from what they said I should be to where I'm at. So I'm just taking that. I'm, you know, took the opportunity to kind of change my diet a little bit and, and subtract some things out to lose some weight, so I wouldn't gain weight while I was hurt and at work. And I'm gonna keep that diet moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, cool. that's about it. All right, I just wanted to add that. Um, three more questions, man. I'll let you go. I promise, I'll let you go. Mm-hmm. All right, let me see how do I word this. Give me name the one player that you thought was gonna be the like the shit. But it was such a big disappointment to you. Oh, but easy. In my opinion, Chris Jackson, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, I thought he was going to be a Hall of Famer. Was that, but that wasn't more skill, that was more of his like political program. But that was just more the time in the NBA. The NBA wasn't going to let a little guy be the focal point. He kind of came in and was everything was still through the big. Hmm. I think he would have came in now, Jesus, with the you can't touch nobody, it's wide open. You, you see him now playing the big threes, he's killing kids. He's 50, he 50 years <laughs> he's old. He's killing them, man. I'm like, God. So damn. I think he got just robbed of just timing because back then they wasn't really, you know, Isaiah Thomas, as much as we, and Isaiah Thomas was unbelievably great. He only, I think he averaged like 19 a game. I mean, Mike Moore. He didn't even play 10 years in the league, did he? No, nah, he played, he, yeah, he retired early. He played about 11, 12. But I mean, Chris Jackson and Kyle, I, I, all you guys listen to this podcast, please go on YouTube and put Chris Jackson LSU and you want to entertain yourself for a few hours. You, it's just, it was unbelievable what he was doing. He was getting 50 in yeah. college. I mean, he was just, that's the one guy that I he thought. He played with Shaq too, right? He played with his second year. His first year, he kind of was by himself. And then he played with Shaq and Stanley Robinson and still was average 30 a game. So he didn't take a dip. Okay. And also Kenny Anderson was my second one. Okay. Yeah, I was just I, I just watched something about Kenny Anderson, man. Yeah. And how they were saying how he didn't really have the structure. They said if he came into the league in twenty thirteen, like that era, he'd mm-hmm. be a different player. But he came in the league, he got ten million a year off the rip. He didn't have no structure around him and he was just, you know, a knucklehead. Yeah, he kind of came in the league at a time where they thought you was a man. Like, listen, practice is at 10. And after that, we ain't babying you. And he kind of needed that coddling for the first couple of years to, to be successful. He just, you know, mm-hmm. he kind of did it to himself with the drinking. But he's another one that I thought, surefire, first team, ballot, Hall of Famer, no question. Cool. Last question, man. I didn't touch on any current events. We didn't even talk about the draft. We're supposed to actually do a podcast about the draft, but we, we got off of that. That's kind of my fault. Um, who's going to be in five years? Who's the player from this draft class that's going to be considered one of the top like five players in the game? So let's just take a look back. 
in regards to this year's draft, who was the number one pick? Then who was the number two pick? Um, who was the number one pick? Oh, uh, DeAndre Ayton. Right, so it was Ayton, Bagley, right, right. It was Ayton. Doncic. Doncic. Bag, Bag, no, Ayton, Bagley, Doncic. Then it went um, Trey Young and all that stuff. I think Ayton is going to be, I think Ayton is just going to be just so dominant for his position because there's yeah. not a lot of bigs. He's very athletic. And he's going to um, do well. I think Bagley's going to do well. I don't, man. I'm really not. I don't think he's going to do well. Bagley, man. nice. He's he got nice, everything. but he, he reminds me of Derrick Williams. I, I feel it. No. I, I think he's like a Derrick Williams, man. He's not a tweener. See, Derrick Williams' problem was he was 6'8". He was a 4 in college, but he really was a size of a 3. And in the league, he was like, you couldn't put him at the 4. But then you couldn't put him at the three because he wasn't good. So he was just kind of like kind of stuck. I mean, Marvin Bag is all a six eleven. He's a four. So he got the one thing he has his he has his position certified, right? So now it's a matter of just him putting on weight, developing his body, which I think he will do. I mean, this is a kid that's been dominant his whole career. Yeah. So I can't. I don't want to say he's going to get to the point where he's going to stop. Now I think Luca. Luca, you like him. This is what I see. I see a very highly skilled guy, but I just wonder when he goes against the premier athletes yeah, like Paul George or Kevin Durant, he's not going to be able to get off. Because there's some shots he takes now in Europe when you watch him. It's like, that's a cute shot. Yeah. But it's that's so unathletic. Yeah, like, yeah. one time I was watching the highlight, he dribbled left and took like a one-foot three-pointer. Like, it was like a weird shot. You can see the athletic skill isn't there as much as... Today's elite players, right? I don't think he has a separation to try to get his own shot and stuff like that. Right, That's the he needed right, and his position is the most athletic position in the league, which is the three. So I think he's a three, or I thought he was a point guard. Nah, he. I mean, he could run a point, but, but he's gonna I be think, playing a three. I think so because he can't. He can't. He wouldn't be able to guard nobody. Like a Dario Saric type player, man. Yeah, when you, he's a like European dude. Yeah, you put him at the one, he's gonna get roasted because he can't guard nobody. But I, th- I, but I think he's good. But I don't know if he's gonna be. A franchise generational guy. He could be. I think Kevin Knox is going to be a beast in like five years. I like him. I like him a lot. I think he's tailor-made for the league. Athletic. He's long. He can shoot. I think at Kentucky, again, you're talking about babies. He was 17. Yeah. Everybody don't got it right then. You know, Coach Cal sometimes wants you to come in and be a dog right away because he needs you to be that to get you up out of there. I think he's a perfect example of a guy that when he's 22, 23, you're going to be like, oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Almost like kind of Paul George route. Like, Paul yeah. George went to Fresno State. Yeah. And look at him now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. All right. Well, that was it, man. Um, appreciate you coming over, man, yeah, and chopping man. it up, man. We got to do this more time, often, man. man. You know, yeah. more topics. This is the first of many, so. Yeah, man. This um, has been a great people, experience. People want to hear the sports talk, too. You know, I yeah. get that a lot. They want to talk about sports. Of course, with Amber, no offense to her. She don't really want to deep dive into sports and hear right. about contract negotiations and shit like that so um, yeah man so I think going forward we're going to try to have maybe a round table I think next time try yeah. to get a few heads it's a good balance it's um, a good balance but I mean the one thing you don't want to do is get so many people because people nah. have a tendency to over talk and then it's crazy yeah it's yeah. crazy but um you know, and the next time, just to kind of correct you, I love football by the way oh sorry I love, I just, I I love, love high school college <laughs> I didn't play but I love football we could have we could have a talk Next time about the signing, national signing day. You think it's stupid or not stupid? 
college football. You think Alabama is bad for college football? I bet. Hey, I apologize. I NFL, thought because you know my man, you know, we always talked about football, and he usually always you know shut shoot us down, like shut the hell up. No, I never. But did um, I didn't, like, don't one thing with me with football people. I get teased. I don't have a team. I'm more of a, a, a players fan, so I get ridiculed because I don't give my blood and sweat to an organization. Mm-hmm. Unlike my friend here, that just uh, at the Steelers. Yeah, watch I, your mouth, now. I mean, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Hey, don't say that too crazy. Now, right? But um, now I love football, man. I love. I mean, I love football, man. We could definitely next time we could talk about football all day. Yeah, definitely. So we'll do that next time. Football talk. Uh, a little bit of everything, man. So I appreciate you coming through, man. Okay. Until next time, all right? Appreciate it. Thanks, all man. All right, y'all. Holla at y'all. Peace.